It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome to Done Being Single. I want to add to that applause. I want to give special applause to the men out there who make an effort. At what? Uh, just making an effort. Effort is everything. Effort is attractive. Effort is sexy. A for effort? A for effort to you guys out there. Okay. You should know that. It's like a participation trophy. Well, what? no, no, no. What, but you know what? It, it means something to us women. It means some. It means a lot. Effort and and uh, interest and curiosity and fascination. Okay. Tell me those what... are really really important. All right. Well, so effort is is important, and I think uh, we have to figure out where is our effort best placed. Okay. So I just want to refer to something I read actually earlier this morning, and it's an article on Medium, my my favorite go-to source for content. It's called Why Women Lose Interest, okay? And the writer makes a re- some really good points. Women like a man who is, as I said, fascinating and fascinated. And, and when I say that, there are a few things, okay? He pursues her. That's a must. That men goes must... down to, that, that, that's at the beginning of time. Men pursue women. You know, we, we are the pursuers. We are the hunters and gatherers. Okay, you know that, but a lot of men maybe don't know that, and that's, that's our episode today. I, think we're men, gonna, we're... I, think, I actually think men do know that. I think that there are just various degrees of competency in that. And that's what we are probably dealing with, and how to be more confident in pursuing and to not get down on yourself when you do pursue and get shut down because that probably goes on okay so 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 effort alone is not going to get you the woman no but it will get you a look it'll get you uh you know some might get a look all right what kind of look are you looking for? well i just think that some guys don't really know what to do and oh, I think you're right. They don't. And I think and some women okay. don't know how to respond to the guys that do know what to do. And so there is a shared responsibility here when you are out seeking. Okay, so so for the men that don't know what to do, that could use a hand, that could use, you know, a little insight, a little advice. This is what we're here for, particularly today with this episode, because we're going to be talking to a professional wingman who has seen it all, knows it all, and has seen it all. There's a... Really, there's a, a professional a, wingman out there? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I think he's more of an angel than a wingman. I'm a professional legman. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that I about don't you. Know what that means. But you know what? You're from a different era. Uh, what you era? are. Oh. You are because, because the pursuit of love and romance and courtship, I'm just going to stop with courtship, is a lost art. Okay. And or it is an art that is we are losing it. We are losing. It's like a language, you know, an old language that's that's soon becoming extinct. If you don't use it, you lose it. So, what I mean by pursuit, women 
women like to be wooed and men should never stop wooing. Okay. So that's big for us. Not too much, but you know, it doesn't have to be overbearing, but women like to be courted. Is that wrong? Is that too much to ask? I think some women like to be courted. Some women today are feeling as though courtship might not be what it is they want. Maybe they didn't grow up with that reference, so it's not something they're comfortable with. And then there's a, a new modern woman that feels that everything should be equal and, you know, court each other or something. Okay, well, I would just say, and I've said this, I say this a lot in a lot of our shows, that it is not easy being a guy and having the responsibility of being the pursuer. It just is not easy. And I think women don't understand how hard it is to be out there and leaving yourself open to rejection and embarrassment. I mean, it's tough to approach a woman. You don't know what you're going to get. And, and ladies listening to this, I mean, come on, have a little empathy. Have a little understanding that it's, it's not easy for a guy to come up to you and chit-chat. And maybe flirt. I mean, he may be a little awkward and a little clumsy, but come on, A for effort, yeah, man. But I think that a lot of women that get hit on a lot are just exhausted from being hit on. And so the next guy hits on them, it's like, okay, I'm going to give you A for effort because you're hitting on me. I think I understand what you're saying, but it is a numbers game with women and men. And the men are trying to hit on as many women and the women can't help but getting hit on because all they do is sit on a bar stool and they're going to just, it's going to be a revolving door of men coming around to them. I mean, they should only be so lucky. But I think that's what happens. Now, what we're talking about today, though, is a wingman or a wingwoman. Right. And that, that serves a very healthy purpose, I think, today because not everybody has the confidence within themselves to just go and approach somebody. So you need a good friend, somebody that can do that, that can push you along, help you f- progress a little bit in yes, that way. Yes, yes. Whether it's a woman or a well, man. This is, right. This is why sometimes, you know, when we fix two people, our friends up, mm-hmm. and they'll say, come on, let's, let's all have dinner. Which, by the way... We like that. It's kind of a cool way to do yeah, it because do it takes the pressure off, it takes the edge off, and we act as wingman and woman well, to well, that couple. Think about it. Well, that's already been we're, done, but we are actually more the chaperones. We're, well, we're chaperoning, but we're, we're, we're facilitating. Yes. We're making it... We're, we're keeping the conversation going. We're right. a, like a little bit of a buffer. We're a, we add in some well, with st- you, honey, extra it's, stimulation. It's, it's more like having dinner with Rona Barrett. And, uh, yes. So. Okay. That, that reference <laughs> is, that, I mean, is, that a different is era? so okay. old. Oh, I love it though. Okay. I love it because I know who Rona Barrett is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Who's the modern day Rona Barrett? Uh, Ryan Seacrest? I, I, you know, no, I think it's Andy Billy Cullen. Billy Bush? Maybe. I don't know. Billy Bush. He's a gossip guy, you right? Heard, have you heard from Billy Bush since the Access Hollywood tape? Uh, no, no, so there's but, no, yeah, that's not a good reference. But he's, okay, I'm just thinking. Why do you play that sound when we talk about Bush? <laughs> Gee, hmm. I don't know. Okay, so, can I continue? What I Men, if you're listening, here we go. Women love a guy who's curious. A guy who is interested in what makes, what makes you tick. Okay. Yeah guys who ask questions they want to know more i like that it's not about me 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 it's you oh, what really? about you what about you it's not about except you. for me 
It is about you. Because it is all about me. Women like men who want to please them. And that's this is A for you, A for effort. Robbie Scharf is an excellent pleaser. You are always, and we talk about this all the time, you are always looking for ways, new and interesting and beautiful ways to please me. And I, I love that. Well, yeah, I'll tell you, that was not a natural thing with me. It, it took years of trying to find out if that is something that I should be doing. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I can get as much pleasure from pleasing as I can from being pleased, if not more. So yes, thank you for acknowledging that. that I mean, I think I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit here because we're, we're now going into, we're getting past like the initial introduction and hi, what's your name? But we're going into some, in which we will go into later in Mm -hmm. this episode, because I think it's important that once you meet the girl, how do you keep the girl? That's a whole other. Oh yes. Maybe that's a whole other episode. This is not catch and release. No, this is not a wild trout. Yes. <laughs> it could be. Well, yes. So... You're a loudmouth Okay. So he desires her. Never lose that. You gotta, guys, you know, you gotta make your, your woman feel desirable at all times. Okay? You're a drunken lush. <laughs> yes. Well, I am. You know? That's desirable. Okay. Yeah, good, because, yeah. you know... You're, you are too. I know. He's taken with her. Do you know how that makes us women feel so good that you're taken with me? You're actually, you're captivated by me, you know? That's not difficult to feign if you meet somebody and you kind of just want to, you know, go out with them. I mean, we, we hope that it gets to dates two, three, four and beyond. Yes. And this is all stuff that will, you know, definitely, I mean, you don't, you don't do it all on the first date. Some Um, people wish they did. But you have to keep feeding it and nurturing it so that it grows like a beautiful flower. Or something grows. Anyway, by the way, I went to a restaurant last night. Yes. It was a chick gold mine. Don't say the name. Because I actually want to yelp it. It was. You mean there were more guys there? No. Excuse me, it was a guy gold. Okay, Wait Make, a what, do you know what you're saying? We went to a restaurant and it was wall to wall women. Really? And you yes, don't want to say the name? Yes, we're in LA. I don't want to say the name because I did not have a good experience and we were treated really badly. And that's unfortunate. I didn't, I'm never going back there again. Okay. Well. Um, but with that said, I think there is something to figuring out your go to places if you're a woman and if you're a man. So. I, I kind of have my, I mean, when I was single, I knew where the guys were. And you got to know where the, where the chicks are. So if you want to know the restaurant, you will have to email me and I will tell you what it is, men, men in L.A. But, hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Well, kind of, yes, you could have last night, for sure. Wow. For sure. It was just a gold mine. And, oh, I would also say to men, so yeah, so so find your find your places, find your spots. I would include yoga classes also is a great place to meet women. Okay? okay. Any restaurant, I will go as far as to say any restaurant that serves healthy food mm-hmm. or like vegan shit or you know vegetarian stuff, that is a lot of women will go there because it's chick food. So keep that in mind. And women, any place that serves steaks or has TVs. 
Well, if you're going above to above the bar, if you're a woman going to a steak restaurant, you're already not a vegan, right? And you're already okay. But you're with in the right place. Steak. But you're in a target-rich environment. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So, wing men and women out there, okay, um, help your help your client, help your friend rather, um, and find the places that you know are going to be, um, you know, easy catch. So our show today is going to feature a professional wingman, and his name is Thomas Edwards. So we are going to go to our break. Okay. And come back with Mr. More Thomas secrets, Edwards. tips, and tricks. We'll be right back. And we are back. Okay. Thomas Edwards, who's our guest, is a man's transformation coach and the founder of The Professional Wingman, a business focusing on helping professional singles find long-term relationships by developing their social skills through experiential coaching. A recognized authority on dating and social skills development and lifestyle strategy, peers, colleagues, and media have deemed him the real-life hitch and has been consistently acclaimed for his effectiveness in the dating and lifestyle industries. Thomas Edwards, welcome to Dunbean Single. Thomas. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much. I should... I should also mention he's you've been in every you've been everywhere playboy new york times mtv abc steve harvey show i mean you've been you are wow. you're like the zealot of of wingmen <laughs> everyone loves the wingman i guess everyone needs one tell yeah. us thomas how did you get into this business and how did you make it a business you know i i'll give you the simple story so we can get into the meat of the discussion here but like i it. was in Austin, Texas, this was back in two, over 10 years ago, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in my life. And I really wanted to actually be, be in the video game industry, but was having a hard time cracking into it. And I was playing pool with a buddy of mine, and he saw this really attractive woman at the bar. And he said, dude, be my wingman and help me get a date with her. And I'm like, do it yourself. Like, you don't need me. He's like, no, I actually do need you. I'll pay for all your drinks and your food the entire weekend if I can get a date. So I had nothing to lose. So I went over there and I ended up introducing them and he got her number and then texted me the next day saying he had just wrapped up his lunch date with her. Drinks are on him. Thanks for being his wingman. And that's when it clicked. I was like, wow, like it'd be really cool just to teach men and women. How do you actually make those connections happen in real time? And I love the idea of being a wingman. So I decided to go pro and that's when the professional wingman was born. Okay. So <laughs> I want to be a wingman. What do I have to do to be a professional wingman? Well, there are, I think, some key attributes that are necessary. One is you got to be social. I think that's really just kind of baseline. You got to be willing to go out and socialize. Two, you got to be shameless <laughs> right. uh, and know that like what you're doing is for the betterment of who you're trying to help. Uh, and then the third thing I think is also important is you got to be savvy. You know, in those type of dynamic environments, you will have to come up with things on the fly that can help your friend succeed. And and so it does require a level of intelligence, social intelligence, that uh, will allow you to really create the experience that your friend desires. My issue with dating these days is that, and I kind of alluded to it in the opening about lose it, use it or lose it, mm. that people don't even get out enough they're not even, yeah. how do you have a, how do you keep a business going when people are just complacent and lazy or afraid and behind their screens? So it's so funny that you use those words. And so I think there's three reasons why 
people don't go out or don't find themselves in relationships. One, they actually lack the knowledge. They literally don't know how. Um, sometimes that's due to inexperience or just lack their, you know, lack of experience or just like they don't actually know. Um, second thing is that they are scared. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of being embarrassed, humiliated, being left alone or going out by themselves, whatever story that holds them back that's rooted around fear of rejection and abandonment and not being good enough. And then the third thing is actually a combination of the first two, which is you become lazy where you become more accepting of your current conditions and you actually no longer make efforts to try to get yourself out of those situations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that being said, you know, what people don't actually realize is that your social skills or your ability to date people is just like a, a muscle, you know? And so if you mm -hmm. go to the gym and work out, you do get stronger over time, but right. it requires you to do reps and sets and have a root, a routine and some type of regimen that allows you to do that. Just like socializing, if you don't use it, your muscles atrophy, you know? And so it's a matter of being able to guide them of leveraging every platform that's out there, both online and offline, to maximize their chances of finding that special person. So what's kind of ironic to me is that technology, in a way, it's been a, a boon to your business, but also it's like been, yeah. it's hurt your business and yet helped your business at the same time because because of technology, people um, they're atrophying their their flirting yeah. skills, their flirt muscles, their um, their you know their ability to chat and make eye contact and just their you know those skills are kind of this is what they get soft. Yeah, they go like into a the muscle. <laughs> you know, and it's because, you know, a lot of a lot of times what online dating has been marketed as is the easier way to date. Now, like, I don't know about you or the clients that you've talked to or have worked with, like, nothing about online is easy. <laughs> it can be it can make things simpler, but it doesn't make it easy. And people are now realizing that that's the case because eventually they have to show up on the date and they have to communicate and they have to share themselves, and they have to allow themselves to be vulnerable, and they have to make attempts to try to create a connection. And so they're realizing that, oh wow, like I still need to use these skills. I still need to develop these. And as a result, you know, while it hasn't, it has definitely negatively impacted you know, the industry, it definitely has also heavily positively impacted the industry as well. Yes. I'm sitting here going, thinking to myself, because we are we are IRL people all the way. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. maybe that's because we're from another generation. We're a little older. We didn't have dating apps. We yeah. didn't have that. We went out and we kind of fished and hunted and <laughs> gathered like cavemen <laughs> back in the day. If you wanted to meet someone, you had to get your fucking ass up and out to wherever and make the damn effort. Online yeah. dating is lazy. It is, it's so yep. easy just to turn your computer on and look at who is attractive or who is attracted to you and you don't have to do any effort. You can be in your pajamas and your curlers, whatever it is, and it doesn't take any effort. It does take effort curlers. to pursue somebody. Is that an old yeah. reference? Curlers? Yeah. And I'm talking about guys. It breeds laziness for sure, but what it does that's even worse is it makes their sensitivity to rejection even higher. Yes. Exactly. And so, yeah. So they so they believe. Well, fuck it. I can just send a message, and if I don't hear from her, it's not a big deal. But the reality is, 
it is a big fucking deal. Yes, it is. Because when you don't hear back from her, you still feel like shit. Right. And now that gets amplified more and more. That becomes now your new baseline for rejection. And so anything more than that, like they'll you know, most people will run away from because that's just too that's too high stakes for them now. Right. You know, you know, so online it, rejection is no less hurtful than in real life rejection. Yeah, because rejection is rejection. We can't take it to our ego. The ego just can't handle any type of rejection. So whatever story that's created to make people think that rejection online is, is different or less is a total lie. So being a wingman requires you and your clients to go someplace real and meet people <gasps> physically. The horror. The horror, yeah, right? right? Because it's absolutely oh. crazy. You can't Insane, really. I was thinking you can't really be a very effective wingman online. Well, you could. <laughs> How? That's what people do. Hi, I'm John. My friend Bill is interested in you and No, what? but you coach them. You co- I mean that's yeah. what yeah, pe- No, but that's yeah, not I mean, the definition of a wingman. That's not a well. I don't think. It's Well, I feel like I feel like a wingman has definitely evolved over the years. You know, like I think that the wingman that we know and love is that guy who's out in the field with you so to speak in the trenches helping support you in finding success, whether it's that night or for your life. But I think in today's world, because of what's accessible to us, I think a wingman is really anyone that's willing to support another person find that success. So a coach, a mentor, it just sounds cooler, really, at the end of the day. So it actually could go back to, let's say, Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah. Who was a wingman, who was helping somebody get a, a woman. Right being able to be proficient in prose and romanticize yes. something and cause the woman to go, oh my God, I love this person. But the reality sets in that, you know, that's going to, you know. Yeah, okay. but, you know, at the end of the day, being real, being your authentic self, uh, I don't care who you are, what you look like, it's so attractive just to be, just to say this is, you know, I'm thinking if I was at a bar, gym, club, whatever, and a guy came up to me and said, I just have to tell you something. You are so blank, whatever, fill in the whatever. If he said, I'm going to... Ideally I, a compliment. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> open with a compliment, but then also in the same breath say, uh, I'm really sorry. I hope this isn't off-putting or that you're not turned off or I don't know, or, you know, I just have to come up and say this to you. I probably look like an idiot, but I cannot help myself. And I would be so touched. I just think that would be the nicest thing ever because that guy is taking a risk and, you know, it wasn't easy for him to come up and say something beautiful to me. I would have really warm, I would have melted with that. You don't that, get hit on much then, do you? Yes, I used to. <laughs> and by the well, way... I know you do, but I'm saying that for her to have that type of emotive response to this one guy who just, you know, presented himself to her, it seems like... I think there is an art to being hit on. <laughs> and that's what Thomas teaches yes. his clients... Yes, I agree. You know, and, and, you know, to your point, like I probably wouldn't have, you know, that person say, I'm sorry, or I probably am, I feel like an idiot or anything like that. I take those things out because the reality is you should not be sorry for expressing how you feel. You should not be sorry for wanting to say what you want to say, especially, especially if it's something nice and you should not say that you're sorry for existing. You know, you can feel these things as you approach them because that's the reality, right? You're, you're scared shitless and you're worried. 
But at the end of the day, you should never apologize for who you are. You should never apologize for what you want to say to someone. And I think ultimately that is what women are looking for, is for you to be unapologetic and express yourself without rhyme or reason or any concern of what the other person thinks, because that truly is what's attractive. Agreed. And on that note, we have to take a break. Oh, I yes. have so, so much hold, to say hold your about thoughts. that. Write okay. it down because you're going to forget okay. it. Okay. We will be right back with more from Thomas Edwards. And we are back. All right. So you don't have to apologize. But I think there's there's something sort of adorably self-deprecating in approaching a, a woman and saying, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know, like a sort of a disclaimer or something yes. that sort of introduces the actual flirt. But mm-hmm. I do, I just have to say that uh, humility, I think that's the word I'm trying to think of, is really attractive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so like, so a, a good hybrid, right, of like yeah. what I said and you said would be something like, I know this is really random, yes. but I saw you from over there yes. and I thought you were absolutely gorgeous. And I would have beaten myself up repeatedly if I just didn't come over and say that. <laughs> you know, because um, I think you're right. Like humility is so important. And that is also a key attributor to confidence because while you may have fears or doubts about yourself or your ability to go up and say something like that to them, your willingness to say it anyways truly is a mark of your courage, right? Seeing the fear and being able to do it anyways. And these are the sub-communi- these are the subcommunications that show a woman that you're attractive and for her to feel that and, and, and feel that sense of, of confidence and attraction towards you as a result. Yeah, and I would also add in that there is a vulnerable, a guy yeah. who can be vulnerable to me is strong. Yeah, vulnerability is at the core of confidence in my opinion. Oh my God, it's everything. It really is because if you're confident to be to allow yourself to be vulnerable, that is just whoa. You're getting a twofer. You know, you're getting a strong guy who has who has the ability to be sensitive and honest. It's really lovely. Yeah, Thomas, let me ask you a question. Do you have a female counterpart that you work with as well? Um, well, be a wing woman. That's really interesting. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm married. <laughs> and for a long time, uh, you know, her and I have was, you know, been a tag team helping men and women in their single lives. And we still come together every once in a while. But, um, but you know, she's my wing woman in my, in my life, <laughs> if right. that makes any sense. Well, um, but yeah, we've been married for five years together for almost 10. Well, actually, uh, what, I, what I'm meaning is because I am fortunate enough to have wonderful women friends and yeah. Besides my lovely wife, one of my best friends, we, we love going out and and she has in the past acted as a wing woman for me to go up and talk to women about me. So how does that apply in your world? Yeah, there was a time you know in my business, this was years ago, where we actually did run um, what I called an angel service. And they were women who would go and do the exact same thing. What I did to make it different is I didn't rely on women who were just attractive to just be that, to just be there. Like they were actually really social and they were really willing to make those type of connections happen. And I think women, what's really powerful for them is they are what I call pre-validated. If they, if just them showing up at a social venue allows them to do a lot more than what guys can do. So it gives them, you know, pretty much carte blanche to just go up and talk to whoever, whenever, for whatever purpose. And 
and more often than not, they're able to actually make things happen. What are the worst things you've seen that a guy could do? Oh man, we won't have, we don't have enough time. And then, and then the best things, what are the worst and best and worst things? I would say, you know, the worst thing is to hesitate, you know, guys who hover, you know, those guys who mm. they, you know, that they're there, you can sense their energy and their physical presence, but you, but they're just far enough away that makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh, that's the hovering. A lot of guys do that. And that's just because their body's moving, mm. but, but their mind isn't working enough to actually follow through what they intended to do. So they're in this like weird limbo, um, situation. And so hovering is, is, is not good. Second thing is not remembering names. Oh, that's very bad. Uh, you know, You're people right. will have a story around like, oh, I'm not good at remembering names. That is a lie. You just choose not to prioritize. And you're so fucking scared that you're not listening, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is the third thing, right? Is not listening, not- I think, is a major thing. Not yeah. hearing. A lot of guys are so wrapped up in their own minds thinking about the next thing they need to say that they're not listening. They're just waiting for her to stop talking so they can say their next thing. And that's where a lot of conversations go to die because there's no flow. It's just question or statement with no connection. Interrogation. Yeah, exactly. It's like the interrogation, the interview, it's just awful. It's very bad. It's not conversational. You're not engaging. You're not asking questions. You're not inquisitive. And it shows the ultimate thing is that you're not interested. Well, you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. That's what I was saying in the opening. Yes, we, we right? women, like, we, we're very sensitive to that. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like you said at the beginning, right? It's almost like the reason why politicians, and I'm bringing politics a little bit into this, the reason why politicians have power is because they have a very magical way of showing interest while being interesting. That's enough. That, <laughs> and it makes it seamless for them. And, if, and, and, rude, and so terrible person. No, you're not, Thomas. We <laughs> so, love you. No, but love yeah, what you're, you're saying. right. It's true. Totally. Okay, right? keep going with the. And, yes, keep yeah. going. So the final thing that I'll share, so I can get into like what's really good that you can do, is not being open and honest with your intentions, right? Like we we're not idiots. We know why you're approaching us, right? The same person who you see on the street that you avoid, who are helping you try to save the elephants in Africa, and you that you avoid, like. That's the exact same feeling that people get when you go into a conversation and not tell the truth. And so not sharing the fact that you're interested in someone, not trying to express that interest, not trying to get to what you ultimately want, which is a date or some type of future interaction. That is, I believe, like one of the the, the worst things you can do because you're just basically saying that that person is either dumb or naive to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. or you're confusing them. Because a woman can actually like you, but you're not now expressing any interest in her, and now she's confused of whether or not of why you're even talking to her to begin with. And so, what are the best things that you can do? Well, the first thing you can do is like go up and say hi. You may not necessarily not know what to say after that, but at least make an attempt to make your presence known. Like, don't let an opportunity pass by where you don't say hi. Um, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you become Agreed. with saying other things like being open and honest with your intentions. <laughs> um, just like that example you shared about saying, listen, I know this is random, but I think you're absolutely gorgeous. Like, that is you being open and honest. That's what women are looking for. And I think that's so important. Um, the third thing is to acknowledge when someone shares something with you. And this requires you to listen. 
So if someone shares a story with you about, uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say someone just moved and they're new to LA and they share their story of how they got here. You can acknowledge and say, wow, like it must've took a lot of guts to just move here by yourself without knowing anyone. That, that takes a lot of courage. I like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that is so important because it shows that you actually are listening and you get them. Mm-hmm. And that it creates that sense of connection that is hard to, that for some reason is a challenge to create in today's world. And the fourth thing I would say is don't leave a conversation without asking for what you want. If like you want a date, don't ask for a number. That's because that's not really what you want. Right. You want a date, so ask for a date. If you do want a number, ask for it. But I know that's not what—that's not the reason why you want the number. So ask for the date. Very good point because I think you can ask for a date, and the woman could say, "Okay, can I have your number?" No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I mean, typically, like what happens is when you ask for the date, the number then becomes more right. of a logistical thing. Yeah, right? exactly. You, you skip an unnecessary step. Correct. Yeah. And that's and yeah and I and I see this all the time. Clients will come back and they'll say, "Oh, I just got the, her number." And I'm like, "Did you get a date?" And they're like, "No." And I'm like, "Why didn't you get a date?" Well, I would just ask her out over the phone. And I'm like, "When she's in front of you, that's your biggest chance to get whatever it is that you desire out <laughs> into it's, the world." It's so great for you to uh, state that because I think that for a lot of men, the goal is the number, not the date. Yeah. And so when they get the number, they've achieved their goal, but they haven't achieved anything, really. So yeah. it's wonderful to hear yeah. someone like yourself say this. I, yeah, right? Just go ask, ask for what you want and be willing to walk away if you don't get it. Because I'll tell you what, like, even though the rejection will hurt, it is temporary and it ultimately will give you space to then have someone show up and actually say yes to what it is that you desire. What was what movie was it Tootsie when Dustin Hoffman was honest and uh, said exactly what he wanted and she poured the drink on his head or something like that? Right. So sometimes it could <laughs> right. burn you too. So. Well, yeah. you know, it's uh, it can't hurt. You no. know, you could just uh, effort again. Uh, you know, even you just have to risk, put yourself out there, and you do it. That's what dating is all about, or at least dating IRL, but even online dating too. And I'd also like to add my own two cents to your list also is that being aware of one's power and not giving it up or out being always um mindful of all of your gifts and power and you know what i mean it it sometimes and this goes for women as well we just had an episode on choking under pressure Mm. and I think this this is very relevant to that because people do choke because they forget what they're capable of. They forget that they are what their gifts are, what their you know their assets, and they they're then they therefore give up their power. Yes. Okay, we have to go to another break right now. So hold a thought, and we're going to come right back with more from Thomas Edwards. And we are back. So Thomas, what if you're an introvert? What if you really don't have game, or don't think you have game? That's the thing, you know, most guys or and women think that they don't have game. Your game is your game. You just have to believe in it. And, and I, so when I hear introvert, people have a story around that. And you get a theme of what I'm saying. A lot of our lives are dictated around the stories that we have in, in, in them. And so when you, we, I, and I work with a lot of, of, of self-proclaimed introverts. And some of them actually are. And others are actually just kind of take on that identity. Introversion is really just about how you communicate. 
at the end of the day. You know, introverts tend to do really well with connecting with people on a one-on-one environment. And so when they hear that, they automatically assume, well, I can't go to a social venue, I can't go to a bar, I can't go to an event because there's too many people. How do I engage a lot of people? Well, that's not what you wanna do. What you wanna do is you wanna put yourself in a situation where you're able to get to a one-on-one interaction where you can thrive the most. So it's all about finding, creating strategies that allow you to leverage your biggest asset. And as an extrovert, it's the other way around. You know, you may not have to be great at one-on-one, but you're really good at engaging large groups. And so how can you leverage that to, so that way you can start to get better at creating one-on-one type interactions? You know, and so ultimately when you're, you're an introvert, it doesn't mean that you don't have game or you're not social or you're not able to connect with others. It just means that how you go about it is just different from other people who don't, who, who are more extroverts or ambiverts. You know, and so um, being an introvert, I actually believe is a much, uh, you have a capability of actually creating deeper and more profound connections than actually some extroverts. And so understanding that, hopefully that gives you a little bit more confidence in your ability to actually just give it a shot and go out there and connect with others. Yes. I'd also like to say that to the guys that shyness is sort of sexy. I like a shy guy. I like a guy that's not a that's not overly overly you know arrogant or cocky. That's just not yuck. I don't like that. I think there is there's something to be said for being understated. Yeah, because after a while, when you see too much of uh, you know total ends of the spectrum, so to speak, you start to wonder, well, what's the catch? What's missing here? What am I not seeing that he's trying to camouflage or cover up? And so typically when you see a lot of like brute confidence and like a lot of flaunting, there's something, there's some measure of insecurity that's being hidden that I'm sure if that, if he were to reveal that about himself, isn't a big deal, but he's making a big deal. So it makes, it makes her start to wonder, should I make this a big deal? Should I look for this? And then that becomes more of the story than actually trying to connect with someone. So I find that you know, whichever side that you're on, if whether you're not so confident but you're but are willing, or you're overly confident and you're hiding, I think bringing it all to the table allows people to truly see who you are and actually appreciate you. You know, seeing that mm-hmm. authenticity is what is really attractive to a lot of women. Exactly. So, so thinking back to your single days when you were a wingman, I'm sure you had some experiences where the women <laughs> you were approaching might have expressed more interest in you. And in the guy you were trying to help, um, yeah, what yeah, happened? That happened a lot. <laughs> it happened a lot. <laughs> what what happened then? So it got to a point where I actually had to implement my own strategy around how do I just really set the ball, you know, kind of set boundaries around it. That's really what it was, you know. So the first time, I would accept the compliment and say, "Listen, if like you really like me, like you should really get to know my friend here." <laughs> um, that was like kind of the easy brush off. The second one where I actually would physically remove myself. So I would like cut cut it off and go to like the bathroom or something or go to the bar just so there's like space and, and disconnect from what was from whatever attempts there was to create a connection from her side. And then the third time I would just have to be upfront and just say, you know, I really appreciate these compliments and like I think you're an amazing person. I'm just not interested and I'm not here for that tonight. And I would just then shift the conversation to like what we were talking about that was really engaging. Cause Ultimately, that's 
the reason why there, there was this perceived connection is because there was engaging conversation, we're having a good time. So I don't take that away from her. I just make it clear that like, this is my boundary. And I've never had a situation where a woman reacting negatively. They actually would usually say, wow, I really appreciate that. Like, thanks for being honest. And I would say, well, thank you for like making attempts for showing interest, <laughs> you know? So we'd have this kind of mutual appreciation for what we were trying to do and being honest with each other. And then we would just be able to move on. Cause that's really where the greatest relationships are formed. When you're able to really have that moment of like brutal honesty with one another and like share that experience, you know? And so the more that you can create at the beginning stages, the better the prospects are that you two can really create a lasting relationship. So when does your job as a wingman end? When does it stop? I guess it depends on the client. Some clients I still talk to when they're married <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they are now in days or in a, in a part of their lives that they've never have been, right? So for a lot of guys I've worked with, being in a long-term committed relationship was something that they dreamed of and never experienced. And so every day is a new day which means it's another day where that, that they can fuck it up. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so for a lot of guys, like I still talk to them in, in case crisis takes place and they're in an argument or maybe they're looking to elevate things to the next level or they're about to have a what they are worried about, which is a difficult conversation. Maybe it's about finances, moving in together, meeting the parents, um, having kids, you know, whatever it may be. And then there's other you know, clients were totally fine. And then I get the wedding invitation in the mail or I get, uh, you know, an update from them over Facebook that says, wow, things are great. I just had my first child and wow. life couldn't be better, you know? And so, um, you know, it really depends on, on the client. So but, at that point, your fees are yeah. reduced somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, once the relationship starts at the beginning, you know, you kind of see them as, uh, I, I see myself as like their wingman for life, really, because... Very nice. The journey that we go go through is one that is so unique and special. Service and after the sale. Yeah, exactly. Right. Speaking of fucking up, how do you help your clients not get beaten down by rejection? How do you keep them propped up? How do you keep them going? Yeah, so... Three questions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, no, it's, it's a great question to ask because I feel like the conventional answer which I have been known to give in the past is to just like keep going after it, right? When you hear about the numbers game, that's really where like it comes to fruition. It's like you keep building up that endurance, keep building that emotional resilience. But that's just one side of the equation because if you get rejected enough times, you start to doubt yourself. You mm -hmm. start to start questioning who you are, what your purpose is. Like, do you act, are you lovable? Are you worth it? And so, the unconventional road in the answer that I'll share is the way to defeat rejection is you stop rejecting yourself. And you do that by treating yourself with love, kindness, generosity, and gratitude. And you institute practices in your life that support that, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly. You know, to, to seek external validation of that love and that joy that you can easily create for yourself is only going to expose the emptiness that you have. Like there's so many clients that I would work with who would find that relationship and think that that was the final piece that would make their lives complete. But all it did was really expose the emptiness that they ultimately had, which then in turn completely destroyed the relationship they had worked so hard to get themselves into. And so the lesson here is to understand that the first person that needs to stop rejecting you is you. 
And what can you do in your life to make sure that you increase your self-worth and your sense of worthiness and your sense of validation and purpose and love and drive every single day? Because the more you do that, yes. the less you feel the brunt of the rejection yep. and, and allow yourself to bounce back out there. And personal power, I'd like to add. Yes, exactly. Well, I hate to tell everybody this, but we have to wrap up our show. No way. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, it's it's time. We only have X amount of minutes. Okay, that uh, just means you have to come back. Yes, Thomas, yes. this has been great. Tell us how people can find you online. Yes, so you can go to theprofessionalwingman.com. I have a great uh, program for a lot of the people out there who are looking to get themselves into that committed relationship. It's all right there. And you can find me in social media. I'm Thomas H. Edwards, Jr. Right on. And where can we find us? Donebeingsingle.com. Yes. And if you have questions, problems, dating dilemmas. Or want any information on any of, of our guests. Whatever is burning your ass. Trevor and myself. Email us at Trevor and Robbie at donebeingsingle.com. Follow us at Single everywhere, Yes, I guess, in the universe. You can find us. Follow us. Thomas, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful show, and uh, can't wait to have you back and meet you IRL. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. That's absolutely Double do date. it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Thank uh, you everybody, so much. We are done being single. We are single, done being single. And Hopefully you are too. Yes. Have a great week. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs>